good to see you all this morning. We are starting a new series of lessons this morning titled Becoming a Person After God's Own Heart. Because as Christians, we should want to be someone who God would say that to. You're a person after my own heart. Which means that God's ways are our ways. That what God wants is what we want. What's important to Him is what's important to us. And what grieves Him also grieves us. we have a heart that seeks after and follows God's heart. Would God say that about you this morning? The Bible tells us about a man who God said that about, who said that this man was a man after my own heart. And his name was David. He was a shepherd and a king. And so we're going to look in detail at the life of David in this series and hopefully try to learn what it was about him, that why God said that this was a man after my own heart. So hopefully we can learn these things about him and we can do those things as well. And so God would say that about us, too. When God brought the people of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, he assigned judges over them. But sometimes these judges were corrupt. And they started taking bribes and stuff and distress the people. And so the people of Israel asked the prophet Samuel to make them a king like the other nations had. To give us a king. And then this greatly displeased Samuel because he told them that God was their king. God was their king. And God even warned Israel. He said, if you have a king, he's going to make your life really hard. They didn't care. They wanted a king like the other nations had. And so God told Samuel, give them what they want. And Samuel was so distressed about this, he grieved. And God told him, they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. We chose a man named Saul to be the first king. And we Prophet Samuel presented Saul to the people. 
He said, you have rejected the God that brought you out of Egypt. So here's your king. And when the people saw that he was taller than all the other men, all the people cheered. I guess they thought that being tall was an important qualification for leadership. So God gave them what they wanted. Well, King Saul was a warrior, and he united the armies of Israel into a great army, and they began to defeat their enemies at the time, which was the Philistines. But it turns out that even though King Saul was very tall, he wasn't a man after God's own heart. He wanted to do things his way, not God's way. Maybe Frank Sinatra wrote that song about King Saul. I did it my way. 1 Samuel chapter 13, the Philistines finally decided to strike back. And they gathered a huge army to fight back against Israel. And the people of Israel were afraid. And King Saul was afraid. And so he decided to have a big bird offering to God to try and get God to help them. And he waited for the prophet to come, but the prophet was delayed. And so Saul panicked and decided, I will make this sacrifice myself, which was against the strict commandment of God. And so as soon as he finished the sacrifice, Samuel arrived. And he looked and saw what had happened. And he said, Saul, what have you done? And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought after himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander of his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And then again, in Samuel chapter 15, God told Saul to go and utterly destroy the Amalekites. So Saul gathered an army and they went and attacked the Amalekites. But they spared all the animals. They spared the best of the animals. And they also spared the king of Amalek. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 10, 
says, Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned back from following me and has not kept and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel. And he cried out to the Lord all night. So then Samuel went and he confronted Saul. And Saul claimed that the people spared the animals to sacrifice to the Lord. And Samuel replies, Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. And so the prophet Samuel himself took a sword and killed the king of Amalek. And the Bible says that Samuel never again went and saw King Saul until the day of his death. And this brings us to Samuel chapter 16 which we're going to go over. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing as I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. So God is going to provide a king for his people. A king from the tribe of Judah in the town of Bethlehem. Does this sound familiar? Does it remind you of anyone? we might know. This king would be a type of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Well, Samuel is afraid to go to Bethlehem. He just told the king. He told him off. He told him God was going to take his kingdom away from him. And if he goes to Bethlehem now to anoint a new king, he's afraid Saul's going to have him killed. And he's afraid to go. Now, I really doubt God would have allowed that to happen. But God is not unsympathetic with his fear. And so he tells him, to take a cow with him and go and tell the people that you have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And then invite Jesse and his sons to the sacrifice. And he said, there I will tell you what to do. He said, for you are going to anoint for me the one that I show you. 
And so the prophet does what God says, and he takes a heifer to Bethlehem. And when he enters the city, all the elders are afraid of him. Maybe they have heard what he has done to Saul and how he had hacked up the king into pieces, the king of Amalek. And they're afraid. And they ask him, do you come in peace? And Samuel says, oh yes, I come in peace. I have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Why don't you sanctify yourselves and then come with me to the sacrifice? And then Samuel goes and he finds Jesse and he sanctifies him and his sons and invites them to the sacrifice. Now, when they all get there, the prophet sees the oldest son of Jesse, and he says, well, this is, this is probably him. This is probably the one that God has chosen. But in Samuel 16 and 7, the Lord says to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Again, we see that God doesn't care what people look like. He cares about the content of our hearts. What kind of a person we are inside. Are people... Are they kind or are they mean? Are they generous or are they selfish? Are they humble or are they proud? Things that for sure manifest themselves in their actions, but things that you can't see just by looking at someone. Have you ever judged people unfairly based on their appearance, based on the way they look. If the governor of Texas decides to worship with us next Sunday, and he comes and he has his entourage, he got his security guard posted outside and sits down here on the front row, And after him arrives this homeless man, raggedy clothes, really dirty, and he smells like he hasn't bathed in a year. And he sits over there in the back. Which one of those are you going to make sure that you talk to? after services. Which one are you going to try to get to know? 
But you don't know the heart of either one of those people. God cares about the soul of both equally. That's what's important. It says in James chapter 2, if we do this, if we show partiality, that we've become judges with evil thoughts. Jesus didn't do this. It's not what Jesus did. In fact, he was ridiculed for eating with tax collectors and prostitutes and all kinds of sinners. He would even touch lepers. But no one else would even get close to to make them clean. To care about their soul. This my friends, is the heart of God who shows no partiality but cares about the souls of everyone. He cares about the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And it's a good thing for us that He does because to be honest, to tell you the truth, a lot of times, my actions don't align perfectly with the person I want to be inside. Like Paul said in Romans chapter 7, the good that I will to do, I do not do. We need to follow after God's own heart in this way and not judge people based on their appearance but on the character of their heart. So, in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 8, Jesse brings each of his sons before Samuel one at a time. And in each one of them, God says, that's not the one. That's not the one. That's not the one. And all seven pass before him. God says, no. And after the seventh, Samuel says to Jesse, is there no more? Do you have any more? And Jesse says, only one, the youngest one, David, he's out in the pasture taking care of the sheep. And Samuel says, bring him here. No one is going to sit down until he gets here. And so they went out to get him. Now David, David was 15 years old. And I guess because he was so young, Jesse 
didn't even bother bringing him. But when he finally gets there, the Lord says, that's him. Anoint him. He's the one. The first Samuel 16 and verse 13 says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Although David was anointed king by God, King Saul remained the, the ruling king of Israel the rest of his life until he died. But God was no longer with King Saul. The Bible says his spirit left him and when the Spirit of the Lord came to David, it left Saul. And in its place became this distressing spirit, a troubling spirit that bothered him. And his servants saw how terrible and miserable he was. And they suggested a heart player might be something that would help. That he should have a heart player play for him and that would soothe his spirit, make him feel better. And then Saul said, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. And then one of the, of the servants said he remembers <clears throat> hearing this really good heart player in Bethlehem one of the sons of Jesse named David and he's really good and so Saul sent messengers to Jesse and told him to send his son David to the king so what is David doing now I mean he was just anointed king by God so what would you do if God made you the next ruler of the country? What would you do? Would you expect people to treat you differently? Would you expect more privileges than other people have? Would you demand special treatment? What's David doing? Well, David went back to the pasture to take care of the sheep. He's taking care of the family's sheep like he always had. And even after David is moved to the king's court, he remains a servant of, the king, of King Saul. He becomes just a servant of him. We see early on that David's heart was the heart of a servant. A servant. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 27, whoever desires to be first among you 
Let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. God himself, the creator of the universe, got down on his knees and washed the disciples' feet. If you want to be a person after God's own heart, you have to be a servant. You have to have the heart of a servant. Like Trevor talked to us a while back in that sermon he gave us. Because that's what God was willing to become for us. So, after this, Jesse... When he got the message, he loaded down a donkey with food and wine and a young goat. And he sent it along with David to King Saul. The Bible says that Saul ended up really liking David a lot. He really liked him so much that he made David his armor bearer. And whenever Saul started feeling this distressing spirit, David would play the harp for him, and he would feel better. And that's where chapter 16 ends. You know, there was another shepherd who had many sheep. And some of those sheep, they started wandering away, distracted by things out there. <laughs> and they just started wandering further and further away until they got way far away from home. And that's when the wolves came. And the wolves approached slowly. The sheep didn't hear them coming. Until it was too late. And the sheep were trapped. And they had nowhere to go. They couldn't escape. And the wolves started running toward the sheep to kill them. Easy prey for the wolves. As they approached the sheep, suddenly the shepherd appeared in front of the sheep. And the wolves attacked and killed the shepherd instead. And the sheep were saved as they fled home. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. In John 10, he said, I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. 
And there will be one flock and one shepherd. We are those sheep. And Jesus is the shepherd of our souls. Follow him. Turn your heart to him. Make his ways your ways. Make what he wants you want. Make what's important to him important to you. Become a person after God's own heart. This is all I have this morning. I hope it is helpful to you. We're going to sing an invitation song now. If you have problems in your life that you can't, that you need help with, please, we'll be glad to pray for you. Come forward now, sit on the front pew, and as we stand and sing.